Wrestling fans, promoters, wrestlers, and anyone who enjoys pro wrestling now have something new to be excited about. The Wrestling Fans International Association, the WFIA, is back. WFIA is an association that exists to promote, grow, and support professional wrestling throughout the world. Membership is free. Your membership includes a free digital bi-monthly publication of the Wrestling Fan News newsletter, association updates, voting privileges, and much more. Please go to thewfia.org, that's T-H-E-W-F-I-A.org, and become a member today. What do you want to talk about? We already started talking about something. <laughs> you edited talk about a lot of stuff, man. I mean, no, man. I think this is good stuff. I could use this stuff, but you know, I'm I'm gonna keep. Uh, I think I'm gonna keep it in. But I want to know if you were uh, interested in professional wrestling as a youth. That's one thing I want to know. I got a picture of me. Uh, I'll see if I can find it. Sure. It's just a picture of when I was five years old, standing on an ottoman, pair of whitey tights, and I. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about wrestling at the time, but I was standing going, yeah. I was just a little five-year-old little boy. Right. And I, I, I was living in Charleston, South Carolina. And Channel 3, I believe it was, I might have been Channel 2, Channel 5. But it's down there, Big Bill Ward was the announcer. Of course, he was the announcer everywhere because the tape was sent out, or film was sent out. It wasn't tape. Right. Film was sent out. And you watched Big Bill Ward. And it wasn't live. It was mm-hmm. all, it was all, we didn't know because we were just kids, but we used to watch wrestling. George and Sandy Scott was, was sort of like Johnny Weaver. That was the guys you watched. They were rookies. They were just starting out. And I got a Johnny Weaver autograph hanging on my wall. So. Johnny was cool. I'll tell you, yeah. tell me to tell you about Johnny. But uh, that was who we watched. And uh, um, the, the uh, brute, uh, brute Bernard and, uh, you know, hit Ruben over. It's not scary. But I never went to a match. Never been to a match until I got to college. But I watched it every week. I watched wrestling. Turn on. And one channel, you had one hour, and that was all you had. Yeah. The award, we'll see you next week. Championship wrestling. They'd go away and, oh, can we go to a wrestling match moment? No. It cost 50 cents. We're not going. That's money. Mom was making like 60 cents an hour. So oh, wow. dad was a pharmacist, but. You know, he made six thousand dollars a year. That was a that was money then. You know, our house payment was forty bucks, <laughs> and it wasn't. That was just a normal house, you know, wow. little center block home. So when you talk about going have a meal at home, if it costs more than a dollar for all four of you, it's like, you know, waste that food, eat it. You ate know, <laughs> food because you didn't wait. Shrimp was always a specialty. Right. One week we'd have shrimp, and it might have been a, it might have been a dollar for all the shrimp. You know, like you know, we wasted. You eat all that stuff. We eat it. Only got so many because only so many in a box. <laughs> so that was just little things. We rice was big, you know, stuff like that because rice filled you up. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, that's what I, I watched it and said, man, I'll be a professional wrestler one day. When I moved up to North Carolina, when I was 15 years old. Mom and dad, dad got a job up here because 
who lost his business uh, from the riots they had in, in Charleston, South Carolina, 64, 63, 64. And so they tore everything up. So he said, I got to find a job. So he, he, you know, he basically called around, called all the, all the government VAs and everything. Like that. And he said, there's a VA hospital needing an employee uh, pharmacist. Osbury, North Carolina. He says, and it's going to pay him 6000 a year, which was what he worked hours and hours for to end up with his own store. So he said, I'm not losing money. I'll. So he rented a hotel room. Which cost him like a dollar or two dollars a day downtown Salisbury, and he'd stay there for a year, and then we moved up. So we got our, our my ninth grade year ended, and going into tenth grade, mm-hmm. my brother came up. We all moved up. You know, about well, what about all his friends back? I said, no, I gotta go to work. I gotta get a job. Let's go. So you didn't worry about stuff like that. Your parents like we don't want to leave our children in school. They're they're so happy there. Get over it. I moved up there, and guess what? I made new friends. Yeah. And I, I went out for football because never played sports before. So I said, you need to play on some sports because you get to know the guys and girls and stuff. So, okay. So I wasn't an aggressive guy, but I met one guy named Leonard, and Leonard was a, a lean-built guy, about 155 pounds, but he was as tough as tough could be. And Leonard – uh, took a liking to me. The rest of the guys thought I talked kind of funny because I was from Charleston. I had a, a black brogue, you know. Yo, no, what are you call my man? You said that. Uh, yeah, you just talk that way, you don't. And you sound, you sound like a black person. I said, no, black people sound like me because <laughs> we just integrated. We just integrated that year. Right. Never had, you know, I never had blacks in our school. So, so I remember them talking. Everybody looking at each other like, hmm. We had them on the football team. I'm, hmm. I said, hey. Because I was raised in Charleston, South Carolina, which is 60% black. So I didn't, it wasn't strange to me. Hey, how you doing? And that's, I want to make somebody feel comfortable. And uh turned out to be everybody loved each other. They just, a team was formed. And right. uh, everybody was brothers. And we sat there and it was new because most of these guys never spoke to black people before and vice versa. <laughs> and now here we are on the same team looking around like, who's going who's gonna to break? Nobody did. We all just came together as a team. We we had our 50th anniversary a couple of years ago, and uh, and, and all the football teams showed up, and and it was like it was like seeing your long lost brother you hadn't seen in a long time. Black and we all, hey man, gosh, remember that time we did this? Yeah, remember that time? It's just like having a family reunion. But uh, yeah, just uh, just uh, got into high school wrestling. Uh, I thought it was gonna be like on TV. The guy said, hey, you got a wrestling team. You got a wrestling team? Dude, I get to be a pro wrestler. And, got, and I walked out there as a mat. And I'm like, what's that? That's the wrestling mat. Where's the poles? What are you talking about? I said, on TV, they got poles. No, never seen amateur wrestling. Never thought, I never knew it was such a thing. It was all on TV. Right. Uh, so in my high school, didn't have it in Charleston. South Carolina didn't have wrestling. So, yeah. So, I, I took a liking to it. I was, I went, I was, I was tied my first year. I tied one guy. That's it. I had one match tied. It was two to two. And uh, from that point on, the guys who had experience kept teaching me stuff. My junior year, I was okay. And my senior year, I'd gotten pretty good. And then after that, I graduated. <laughs> I went to college and um, everybody knew I liked to wrestle and stuff like that. And I went out for football, got injured. Finally, just, you know, tore my knee. Everybody said, I'm done. So my ankle got messed up. So I said, screw it. 
I guess wrestling, but football is not my thing. And the coach said, uh, you did some wrestling high school? I said, yeah. So my, he was my professor. He said, listen, I got to teach soccer and wrestling. I know nothing about wrestling. You like soccer? I said, no, don't want to have a thing to do with it. He says, you teach wrestling, I'll get you out of soccer. I'll give you credit for soccer. Sounds like a plan to me. I get to teach my love. And uh, the second semester, he did the same thing for me. And uh, we had a basketball team which averaged 103 points per game. No three-point shot. No clock. But we're three, 103 points a game. So they run all the time. Zoom, 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 zoom. And we're like, holy cow. So the, the second part of the semester in the spring, the wrestlers have to, the basketball players had to come out and take class in soccer and wrestle. Well, they skipped soccer because basketball. But all of a sudden, basketball's over. Got wrestling class. And all of a sudden, we got six foot nine, seven foot one. We had, we had a seven foot one guy, two six ten guys, six eleven, couple six sixers. I'm like, this is gonna be. If I get these guys hurt wrestling, I'm gonna get killed. My professor. <laughs> so he's so they got him out there. And we we showed him how to do moves and showing a six foot eight guy, and a six foot eleven guy, how to do a sit out and a switch, mm -hmm. long arms, hips go out, boom, and leverage like crazy because they put their back into it. Whack! Hey, on the shoulder. Let's just go at it. I don't think we can do that. Yeah, we can. We'll be careful. Screw it. Let's do it. <laughs> so let them go at it. And as much running as they did, all the time, 45 seconds on the mat, sucking wind. And I took a note, running doesn't help you wrestle because <laughs> they were gassed. I'm like, how can y'all be gassed? Y'all can run. I can take off running right now, but I can't, I can't breathe. I'll not make my boys run. I said, uh, I'll just get them on the mat. We'll wrestle. And that's how you're going to get in shape. You can run after practice a little bit if you want to, get some cardio in. But wrestling is the only way of getting ready for wrestling. That's, I've seen guys carry things, which is better. Carry something 30 feet, 40 feet, put it down so I pick you up. That's a cardiovascular thing with muscles screaming for air. Or running, you get used to it. You become right. better at running. So you don't really tax yourself. You can run faster and stuff like that to tax yourself. But once you've got the mile down to five minutes, who's going to go for four? Nobody I know. Right. <laughs> that plays a sport. Now, if they're runners, they would. But they go running up. Hey, they've got five down. I got this. They've conditioned themselves for five minutes. Wrestling, you can't get in better condition until you wrestle. Because I take anybody as a runner. Stick them on the mat. Just go. What happened? I can't breathe. <laughs> I know. I thought you were in shape. Shut up. <laughs> so, just little things like that I learned from from over the years of watching. But I love I watched it on TV and I loved it and want to be one. And my friends in high school, uh, they saw me do my first match at my high school. We brought in to raise money for the school, raised a few thousand dollars for them. And all my buddies came out and said, Lincoln, you said you were going to be a wrestler. We didn't believe it, but you did what you said. You guys said, I always try to do what I said I'm going to do. And I said, I, it was like a dream, but I made it a happening. So it's, right. it wasn't just a wish. So uh, I got out and I did it. So 
that's, I had fun doing it. Enjoyed it. I'm all broken up now, man. You know, shoulder replacement. Just had it done uh, about eight months ago. Couldn't, couldn't raise my arm to move the mouse on the desk. So finally, I said, I said, yeah, it's a reverse, reverse shoulder replacement. I said, that feels weird thinking about it. Reverse shoulder, yeah. So, but one one week later, I'm like, holy cow, this don't hurt no more. I put my hand above my head. I can now start bench pressing a little bit. Can't do a lot because it will dislocate if you don't watch it. That right. takes about a year or two to build them back into it, make it pack. But uh, trim down a little bit, lost about 20 pounds now, so trying to get down to a 200 pound lean body because I don't need to be carrying 200. Took 48 pounds around with me. I was staying steady at 235, and all of a sudden I blew up to 248. I went, ah, oh, crap, I got to start lifting weights because the shoulder can't do anything. So it's like running, I'm not going to do. I'm going to lift weights to make the muscles burn calories 24-7. Running, you burn while you run, and I'm not going to run that long. <laughs> so I run up the street, thank you very much, had enough of that. Let's do some, let's do some weights, pick some weights up, put it back down, pick it back up. At the end of the time, you're like, whew, calories were burned. I got a, yep. uh, I got a device in my my workout room uh, called a tonal. You know, LeBron James and all of them support it and everything. And it's a uses magnetic uh, forces. So when you pull it, it's magnetically resisting you. And you can program that sucker. It says 25 pound, you know, dumbbell. I'm, I'm pushing on. I said that's more than 25 pounds. It feels like it's close to 40. So I'm doing 25-pound dumbbells. All of a sudden, number nine, like shaking like a leaf. You got a button on it you can mash and make it where it gets harder as it goes up, or you can make it where it gets harder as it comes down. That's all kind of things you, you can trick your body with. And tricking your body is the key. You got to trick it. But if it gets used to doing weightlifting, you have to change it because you won't grow, you won't strengthen up, you won't burn calories like you should. But, right. Uh, it's just uh, amazing how it works. But the body's amazing thing. God created something that was like, ah, figure this out. <laughs> That's what we've been doing ever since, trying to figure out how to make this body work better than it does. And I think the guys back in the old, old, old days, they're probably a lot stronger than we are. Because I said, they, they, they survived a lot longer than we do. And we're dying at 75, 70, 80 years old now. The athlete, oh, he's a great fan. They died of a heart attack. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but he was in great shape. Yeah. You never know. You never know when you're going to go, you go. Yeah. It's uh, Adrian Street died today. Yeah, Adrian Street died today. And uh, that was, I had spoken to him recently, not on the podcast. We were kind of arranging for him to come on the podcast. And uh, uh, we didn't uh, never finalize anything. And then today, this morning, as soon as I woke up, I logged into my computer at work and just saw that the first thing within like five minutes of punching into my uh, punching in the clock. It was, uh, I Man. couldn't believe it. He came on uh, with Crockett. Yeah, I arrested him. I arrested him. He talented guy, nice guy, but you yeah. had to get past, you had to get past the gimmick. Like, yeah, guys, is he is he a great? You know, was he going to do it? Take you down, beat you, and then give you a kiss? Not me, buddy. <laughs> so, but his wife was just as nice. He was just he was a nice man. He was very quiet. Very. He wasn't the character you saw in the ring. Was not the right. Very quiet. Right. And. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sorry, God. Boy, he is pushing the envelope back today. He'd be a hero. Back then, mm. it was like, yeah, <laughs> who is this guy? But uh, he, uh, 
He wrestled at Shelby, North Carolina, the first time I ever saw him. I wrestled in the ring against him. And uh, I'm like, wow. I'm just going to try to do everything he wants to do because he won't do it. But then he he did a big move and boom. I think, ah, one, two, three. Thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> it was fun. Don't arrest him, I think, twice. Okay. Yeah. But I was always, it was a good experience. He was very nice to me. I have here that you uh, you trained under Nelson Royal. Nelson? Yeah. Uh, I had a gym for 25 years. Mm-hmm. 1987. Okay. Started in 2012, and I was Emily Domain. The building I had got Emily Domain. I was renting a building, so I didn't get any benefit from the eminent domain, but it, that's a long story. But when I first got the gym, my friend who owned it was basically shut it down. So I'm shutting it down. So why? He said, I'm not making no money. I can't, I can't feed my family. I'm not making any money. It's a little small gym. It had a set of dumbbells that was just, you know, just put together mm-hmm. and had some homemade equipment. Cause back then there wasn't, Nautilus was out, but nobody could afford Nautilus. But right. they had people would actually, you know, put cables and make the machines themselves weld and all stuff and no science to it at all. It was just plain Jane cable lift up and down, make arm do this. And so I had a, had a couple benches, incline bench. And he said, I owe thirty thousand dollars. I said, "Well, I ain't got thirty thousand dollars. I just started wrestling. I was, I was doing okay, but I ain't risking thirty grand." I said, "This could be my my way of retiring out." So I've been wrestling about three years. And it was like nineteen eighty seven, and he uh, he said, "I got to sell it. I got to get rid of it. I got to close it down." I said, "Let me have." It. He said, "Well, how am I going to get out? I'll pay the payments." It was thirty thousand dollars to the bank, right? I'll make the payments. He said, well, "What if you quit paying them?" I said, "You're no worse off than you were." He said, "Yeah, you're right." I said, "If I do make all the payments, though, the last of it, it's mine." He said, "Oh, you have it." I said, "Okay." So it took me about three years. We we paid it down, got the payment off, and uh, uh, Nelson Roll. I think this is this is like. 89, it was 80, 88, 80, it was eight, first of 88. I'd gone to see him and 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 because I knew knew him, I'd I'd sold insurance in the area one time, 10 years earlier, and I, I knew him from saying hey to him and met him a couple of times, but he knew me from watching on TV. And I, I went by and see him. I said, Nelson, you need to come out, you need to come out, work out, get back into wrestling. Because he was still a fit. He says, Ah, uh, I said, come work out. Be good for your knees. Be good for your shoulders. So, so I invited right. him to come out to him. He had to drive like 25 miles across right. the, across the back country. And he come to my gym. He said, oh, you got a nice little gym here. It wasn't, it wasn't, he was being complimentary. I said, right. ain't that nice? <laughs> so, but it had the stuff he needed. And he started lifting weights and doing machines and everything like that. And uh, next thing you know, he says, I think I want to get back in the ring. I said, you do? He said, yeah. This was '89, you said, correct? Around that time, he uh, okay. he come and got back in the ring and wrestled in the like '88. It's all around that time. So, but he uh, went and got into the uh, Crockett Tag Team Cup, which was '89. Okay. Was that '89? Uh, I think it ran '87, '88. I think '86, '87, '88. I believe, like those three years in a row. There was the one that the Thunderfoots ran. 
don't know what year that was. I think. Oh, hang on. I uh, I will look it up. And I never can find. It. I never can find because they they got they right. edited so much. They, yeah, they, I was they, looking. Uh, let's. It was see. A, you the first Crockett. I think it was eighty eight. Yeah. I think because I was going to ask you how it, how you became how that how that gimmick came about with you uh, being a part of it. Uh, well, anyway, Nelson got in and he wrestled. Yeah. And, but they didn't want to have his own little show thing, and he did that. And it, it didn't go very well. You're, you're so, talking about the uh, Atlantic Coast, is that what you're yeah. referring to? Yeah. Okay. I, I came in to wrestle. They needed somebody to wrestle. I come showing up, and they said, "You got a suit and tie." I said, "Well, I got I got a coat." I said, well, "Give me give me a coat. Give me a tie." The guy that's supposed to do the announcing didn't show up. So here I'm handing the microphone. I know nobody. <laughs> it's a, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you can pull, you can pull up on a, uh, on a video. It's kind of faded out and everything. He's got me and Nelson talking. And Nelson had a guy back at him, and they tried running it. It did okay, but it takes a lot of money to do TV, and that's what they didn't have enough of. You don't have, you don't have TV. You don't have anything. You don't have the big arenas. You don't have anything. So, uh, but anyway, um, uh, the Thunderfoot thing came about. Uh, me and Joel Deaton have been working, not together. I knew, knew Joel. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, that's it. And uh, he was always crazy, but he was a talented guy. And uh, but one day, they come down to the office and they talk to us. What I do? <laughs> I don't get booked that much. I'm getting booked fairly regular now because yeah. they want hands that would show up and uh so i'm sitting there going okay go down to the office dusty wants to see you and there's joel going what's up i don't know what's up so we sit down and he looks at us john need you go to kansas city okay you're gonna be uh thunderfoots What's Thunderfoot? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> so he said, you know, I have a loaded boot, but you're not supposed to use it. Don't be using a loaded boot. Okay? We're going to fly out there. You're going to be Central States champion. So that will do it. Yeah, we'll do it. So we're going to fly out there, wrestle in Central States champion, come home, right? <laughs> we fly out there. These two guys are little Mexican guys, Latino guys, and they were small, nice guys. Well, we got to go in there and we got to beat them. We got to pound them. Boom, 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 boom. Over. Do it in 45 seconds. Well, that's kind of disrespectful, you know. But the boss is telling you, knock it out. So we get there, fly in. They don't have a clue what's going to go on. They think they're Central State champions. They are. We're going in and say, listen, they're putting us over. No one told us. I said, we just got told. We got it. But they'll probably do some kind of comeback thing where you have it. No. And we didn't know. We're guessing. Because that's what they normally do. You go in and beat right. somebody and then they have a rematch. So we go in there and we, we they, they start pounding on us. Boom, 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 boom. And all of a sudden, boom, close up. Boom, boom. Knock them out. Boom. One, two, three. And we felt bad because they were they were nice guys. This was um, Billy Two Eagles and Joe Lightfoot? I guess. They were wrestling like one time in my life. <laughs> when I was doing research, I don't remember. Yeah, when I was doing research, that's the match I came across where you guys won the belts. So they were, they, they were the they were the like you know the heroes. Yeah, right. here all the evil dudes come in. We beat them. So they put us on a plane the next day, fly us back. Actually, 
flies all the way back to Charlotte. Get back to Charlotte, be like, hey, how'd it go? Hey, we're pretty good. We're pretty good. Did you knock him out? Bob? No, a little longer than we thought. We went about two minutes. But uh, um, so, okay, I need you to get in the car and uh, get your car and then be in uh, Kansas City. You'll work there for the next several months. And I'm like, I don't have a, a wife or family or anything. So I'm like, dude, I just get in the car and go. So I got in my car. Well, we, we got our stuff loaded up. We took off. They gave us uniforms, the whole thing, you know, nice three sets. So we're driving all the way across. I'm following Joel because no GPS. <laughs> um, okay, it says you're 95. No, you're not. No, you're, seven. you're going across 77. Holy cow. So we're going down through Missouri, St. Louis. Finally, we get to Kansas City. And it's like, wow, Kansas City. It's a big town, you know. And uh, we'd, we'd wrestle in Kansas City, uh, Kansas, where they did the TV taping and everything. That's right. a little tiny town. It ain't nothing. Kansas City, Can uh, Kansas City, Missouri, big town. So we had to find a place to live. Um, I found uh, they sent some other guys out there. We all got together and said, okay, where you want to stay? So we found apartments and stuff. And we, I stayed with a guy named Todd, Todd Champion. And, uh, yeah. and, and he was, he was, he was just starting, but he thought he was the man. I said, Todd, you got to earn your way, buddy. <laughs> they don't just poof, give it to you. He's a big, big guy. Big guy. Yeah. 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 He was thinking that he's automatically going to go right at the top just because I said, no, it don't work that way. I said, you got all, you got the look, you got everything, but you got to let it work a little bit. But he wanted it right away. I said, oh, he didn't, didn't know enough. He didn't know how to do a hip toss. He didn't do it. I said, you don't know enough stuff to do to be a champion. You got to be you know, you know, win some matches that you're not supposed to win. I said, I said, but you know, he was he was just rookie. He was like he only got four months in. Right. Headlock takeover. It was hard for him because he was a football. He was a lineman. My God. <laughs> so well was pick on lineman. He's a lineman. <laughs> so but anyway, we stayed with him and then uh, we stayed out there for about three months and we were barely getting paid fifty, seventy five dollars a night. Driving left and right, boom, 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 and I, holy cow! And all of a sudden, we get a phone call. Uh, you gonna wrestle in uh, St. Louis, Missouri? You coming back to Charlotte? What? Yeah, Thunderfoots are coming back to Charlotte. Right, we made it to the majors. <laughs> major states, minor league majors. And our brains are all like so. Uh, we, we finished up in St. Louis and we're so glad we did because snow started coming. Yeah. And we're out the door. And if you don't work, you don't get paid. So uh, they had no guaranteed paycheck. So we, we hit the road. We get, we get just out over the mountains and snow would hit up hard. They got a lot of snow that day. And we get back to Charlotte. I got a ticket on the way home because I was in such a hurry to get home. I was crossed where 77 and 85 meet. I hit there and I said, boom, I was trying to I said, I'm just on the way home. I've been, been away for three months. He said, I'll lower it down. He gave me a low low speed so it wouldn't cost me much. I said, well, thank you, officer. So took it on home, got home, unloaded my car, found a, like $1,000 in cash sitting in my back my car where I'd stuff money away. You know, just, you know, forgot about it. I get paid, stuff away, so I don't want to spend it. But I forgot about it. I forgot about it. Whoa, $1,000. So I like, Mom, look what I found. Well, you need to get me. <laughs> she took care of all the money. And I'd stay in the basement of my mom and dad's house. And I was on because I didn't want to wake them up. I'd come in at night. I'd go through the back door. 
And uh, I just had to go the cheapest way I could. And uh, mom and dad, didn't, they charged me $200 a month rent. But my mom would take that money and put it away. And then when I finally moved uh, uh, away, she gave me all that money she'd put away. And I said, that's how my mom and dad were. They, they didn't want to really, they were charging me, but they were trying to keep me, learn how to be responsible with my paycheck and stuff like that. So I had to pay rent. So, but I got rent, I got free food, I got free lights, free everything. I got fed a lot. My wife said, well, you feed me off of this. You have something sitting out. And I, when I get home late at night, I'd microwave that sucker, go to bed that night. But, uh, but we came back and, uh, uh, we showed up in Greenville, South Carolina, our first match. And Joel had a, he, he had wisdom. He, he had, he understood the background. I'm just a goofy, I'm, I'm an athlete. want to have fun and have a go. He understood the politics of the whole thing. I did. I thought the more tickets you get to the door, the better for the company. But some people get jealous and they don't want you to be successful. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help the company because we get paid commission. So we did a, we had a hundred thousand dollar night at the, at the arena. We're getting paid a grand. You know, something like that. Dude, thank you. Thank you, Rick, for the crowd. Thank you. Always right. Thank the stars because they brought the crowd. I didn't right. bring the crowd. I just, <laughs> thank you, Rick. Thank you, uh, you know, whoever. And uh, that, was, that was a thing you did. You thanked the guys who were the headliners. And if the crowd wasn't very good, thanks a lot. <laughs> just because it was like a sideways thing. But uh, we, uh, we, we sit there and uh, – we get to Greenville, and it's got a good crowd. Man, we got good crowds. Yeah, look at this. Hey, no one knows us in our mind because all the tapes were made in Kansas City. Right. Satellite was just coming around. TBS Studios was the satellite channel. Nobody had all this stuff. We uh, we got it up here, uh, TBS. Believe it or not, for in pretty yeah. early, pretty early on, and I'm in Connecticut. So. They were interna- They were international right. and national. But Channel 3 in Charlotte, you didn't get Channel 3 in Charlotte. Right, right, right. You didn't didn't get Kansas City in Charlotte. But TBS Studios could grab tapes and put them on the air at certain times of night that middle of night, pro wrestling from central states. So we're getting there. We're walking in. They're getting ready to announce. They announce the good guys. And from parts unknown, unknown weight. Unknown vicinity. Well, the Thunderfoots one and two, and all of a sudden, ooh, like it's like, wow, it hurt. We're getting booed. Like, what did we do? <laughs> Joel looked at me. Joel said, "We're screwed." That's what I mean. We're screwed. The crowd hates us. That's cheering to us. They hate us. They want to boo us. He said, "I'll tell you later." So we get in the ring, we do our thing, boom, 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 boom. And it was a good match and everything. And I don't know if they put us over it or we put them over. So we come back tonight and he says, come here, tell you what's going on. Somebody's not happy in the office because we got booed louder than the good guys got cheered. They're going to split us up and send us our separate ways. I said, Why would they do that? We're drawing a crowd because their personal pride is more important than the tickets. And they blamed the booker, whatever. I said, 
I'm, I'm like, it don't make no sense. I've always tried to do what's best for the company because it ends up helping you in the long run. Right. I hope you'd be very successful and break millions of dollars because one of you might say, Gina, I'll pay you to come <laughs> talk to me. I said, well, you made millions of dollars, but I want you to be successful. And that's, that's, my, that's always been my, let's make it, if I'm a part of it, it's got to be successful. And he said, and sure enough, I'd be in South Carolina, Joel would be in Raleigh. They don't want to make us a team no more. They're going to split us up. And they'd occasionally have us come together on TV and beat us. Yeah. One on TV. And then all of a sudden we have a match together somewhere else. Went to Crockett Cup and uh, Joel missed the kick and it, it missed it so much the crowd saw it. And uh, they repeated the move, which you don't do. You have to come up with a different finish. And, right. uh, and that kind of killed it off right there. And he normally would, he didn't want to hurt the guy. So he, he missed the guy, the guy, the guy reacted like he got kicked, which was, that's his mistake. Joe went to kick him, trying to avoid hitting him too hard. And the guy missed him and he falls back like that. He still sold it though. He didn't get hit. He sold, he sold it and everybody saw him miss. So I was like, duh. <laughs> it's like watching the, a couple of fights in pro, pro boxing where the guy misses completely and the guy falls. Boom. I guess it was the Jets, the Jets uh, defensive lineman. What's his name? Uh, something. I'm trying to think of that time period. I don't remember. Yeah, he wrestled. He, he fought against a guy that was in our wrestling group with the IWA. That when we went up north and wrestled. Yeah. Uh, uh, he re he boxed against that guy. Now they didn't tell him that the guy he's getting ready to box didn't know how to box. And the guy that's boxing was told, go out there and take a fall. You're going to get hit, fall down. You're talking, you're talking Derek Dukes? Derek Dukes. That, Derek yeah. Dukes. That's who you're referring to, right? Okay. And Derek, Derek, Derek yeah. looked apart. He, did, yeah. he was watching. He went out there. He's like, you know, swinging. And yeah. then the Jets guy swings and misses. And Derek takes a wrestling bump. Yeah. And everybody, Ugh. Now, the Jets guy, you know, defend him a little bit. He didn't know that Derek wasn't trying to kick his butt. <laughs> He's under, he was shaking like a leaf. He said he was scared to death because, you know, he's a pro football player. He's not a fighter. Because right. he was a good-looking guy. I think he, he got cancer and died eventually. But, uh -huh. you know, but uh, he was, you know, a nice guy, but he was scared. And, it was a, and we're looking at him, Derek, why would you take a bump for you? You, you get hit. You got to. And the, I, I had opportunity to do it, but I get told. And I said, I had the guy haul off and clock me. Watch him a little, give him a couple of shots. Finally, he come down, hit me on the head. And if it hurt, I'm falling down. <laughs> but there, the guy missed him. <laughs> it, it looked like I, it looked terrible. You find the video because it's out there. And no, I, it's it's a quite a, a popular thing, a, a controversy that happened. I guess a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah, and if you watch it, you go, yeah, he missed him by a mile. <laughs> That's what happened in the rest of the match with us. But not the fault, Derek. Derek was doing the best. Derek was not a boxer, and I ain't right. either. Right. But I'll take a shot because I, I took many a shot from these guys. And everything is. Rick Flair gave me the best compliment I ever had from Rick Flair. Uh, I had a TV match with him, and he he was chop, he liked to chop, you know. He chopped me, and I was new. I, I didn't. I was 
trying to, I was trying not to make him look bad. And that, that hold me back a little bit because I'm trying, he had me wrestle where I sit down on him a couple of times and come up, boom, 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 boom. And, and I was, you know, showing back in wrestling. Rick Flick, man, okay. He wanted me to do that. He liked it. And so finally he gets me, he gives me a chop. Pay-yow. He shots me. Pay-yow. I mean, he's laying it in good, which that's my job. Yeah. But at the end of that match, we went downstairs. And I'm downstairs sitting in the chair. He's, where's looking at? Come here, Lincoln. Instead of all the guys, he said, see this guy right here? He don't flinch. He took it. The rest of you guys need to watch that match, see how you take a shot. Because all, all the guys have been doing this, eh, eh. and it hit that that knot right there, and flared her his hand sometimes. I yeah. put my chest out here. Pow! <laughs> it's only a sting. I mean, good guy. Yeah. And so he he said, "That's how you do it." And so I said, "Oh, I got a Rick Flair compliment." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he didn't remember my my aunt. You know, he wouldn't even know that was the same guy. But. Uh, uh, one day I hope to get to see him again, and I say, Rick, I said, you won't remember this, but when I first started, you know, I'll, I'll remind him of that. But uh, uh, he, uh, that yeah, was a good compliment to me, and I said, thank you very much. That's my job. And uh, my my biggest 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 thing that is a compliment from the guys is I had to I tore my pick and I had it repaired, mm-hmm. and I'm in the rest, I'm in the, I'm in the office. Because I've run through every dollar I've got. My mom and dad would give me the money if I needed it. But I wouldn't ask my mom and dad because a man, you got to stand on your own two feet. Gotcha. So I go in the office. I said, Mr. Crock. says, yes, Gene, what do you want? I said, well, I know, I know, I know this sounds kind of funny, but I need to borrow like $1,500. Mr. Crock said, borrow $1,500. Yeah, been injured, pec surgery is starting to heal up now. It's tender, but you know, I, I I gotta I gotta have some money to make it through because I figured in the next month and a half it'll be better. I can get back in the ring, start bang 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 bang. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot because the doctor would tell me, "No, you're not," because <laughs> that thing's tender. And so I'm sitting in the office. And like, I don't loan money to wrestlers, but you know, my dad's a legislator, and I'm here, and I'm a local guy. I'm not going nowhere. I'm not going to screw you over to fifteen hundred dollars. He said, "No, not doing it." Sorry. I said, okay. And just as I was about to get up, I got my arm in a sling now. Surgery was just two weeks earlier. I'm sore still. And I'm like, okay. And I, said, I wasn't supposed to be driving, but I drove anyway. And I said, all right. So I started to get up. And here comes Dusty Rhodes busting the door. Son of a bitch. He's like cussing like that. I said, well, I better get out of here before I get beat up. <laughs> he said, you ain't believe what happened. Probably like, what's wrong? He said, so-and-so showed up for a wrestling match last night. George, drunk. Out of his mind. Match went terrible. Had to put uh, Johnny Weaver in the referee because the guy was so out of it. I said, boy. And he's supposed to referee in, in, in Fayetteville tonight. Weaver's there. Weaver can't do the booking and that at the same time. We're screwed. I got to find somebody to referee that match. I went, I do. How are you going to do it? You want to sling? I said, well, what is am I supposed to do? <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yeah. And stay out of the way? Yeah. 
He said, but how are you going to get up? So I pulled my arm out of my sling, put it in my pocket, dropped down, gave me a one push-up, two push-up, three push-up, got back up. I can do it. Get your stuff. You got you got referee stuff? I said, I got I refereed high school and college matches. I got the gear. I don't have a black pair of shoes. I got white shoes. I don't care what kind of shoes you got. <laughs> so I got in my car and I took off and Mr. Crockett said, here's a check for thousand dollars. Take it out of your check each week. I said, thanks, sir. Because he knew I was sacrificing. And he said, well, the guy's willing to do that with a bad bum arm. <laughs> he said, I, I guess that's how he's thinking. He said, how do you say no? And so right. they, they get the money out of my check anyway. So, so I'm like, I hit the road, hit, I get there, and Weaver's there waiting on me. He said, they go, what are you doing? You're not wrestling, right? You got that arm messed up. I said, no, I'm taking the arm out, put it in my pocket. I'm refereeing. He said, you're refereeing. I said, listen, I did college and high school. I said, I don't know how to do this. I said, I may not know how to do this, but I'll figure it out. And uh, and so we got in the ring, and I told all the guys, listen, this arm looks normal, but it's tender. It's black and blue up here. It's messed up. He said, don't hit me. Don't you hit me because it's back. So they sat there and wrestled. Everybody stayed away from me and took care of me. And then so I said, one, two, three. I said, I'm not going down every time you go for a pin. Just <laughs> kick out quick because if I hit the ground and get back up, it's going to wear this arm out. I'll mess up one of these days. And if you go to Starcade, uh, I guess it's 80, 85, 86, where we were in Atlanta, Georgia, and Greensboro. Okay. The thing is, I keep finding different Starcade names. They got, they got Joe Frazier refereeing a match. I said, that wasn't the Starcade I was in. And I thought we were the first Starcade, but apparently we're not. That was, was 80. That was 83, I believe. It was the first well, one. On down because it was when I had my surgery, it was 86. Okay. Right? Uh, 87, I think it was. And uh, so I'm like, so it was the later version where I had uh, Superstar Billy Graham versus the Barbarian in an arm wrestling match. That's had yeah. had uh had um uh Manny Fernandez versus Abdul the Butcher in a Mexican hat match and had uh, Ric Flair versus Dusty Rhodes in a wrestling match where the referee got knocked out of the ring and a referee came to save it, and that was me. And I had another match, I think it was. Uh, I had my three matches, and I said, here's how, you want to tell how good we were? Not me, but at how good the company was. Right. Most of these companies, they, they pre-plan everything. Right. They tell everybody what's going to happen. And this is how it's going to go. Because, but it takes the spontaneity completely out. You know what's going to happen. They uh, had the Ric Flair and the, Dusty, and the Dusty Road match. Dusty's going over. But nobody knows that. Only Ric Flair, the referee, and uh, Dusty Rhodes knew. And Jim Crockett. I didn't. All right. I'm looking here that Starcade 1985 is when that was. Yeah. I just found it might have been. My brain might be dead. Yeah. It probably was 85. Yeah. I tore my pet. Yeah. And I was like, screw. And I, all, three, I just, all three of those matches you 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 mentioned were, were listed on there at that I just found. Yeah. I had the hardest time finding them. It might be because I got the wrong dates. But <laughs> but uh I'm, I'm in the dressing room. I've done mm -hmm. my sh my matches. I'm sitting back chilling. I know it's a big night. We're going to get a nice paycheck. If 
probably the best check I ever got in, in wrestling. I'm like, because referees got paid whatever the beginner guys got paid. So okay. we were, they got paid exactly the same time. And sometimes a little bit more because you, you do more work. And I'm sitting there just enjoying myself. And here's Dusty and Flair. And all of a sudden, Flair and Dusty, Dusty bump into the referee, knocking Tommy Young out of the ring. Dusty hit him. He hits the ground. He's out. I'm like, I'm sitting there watching. Ain't getting up. And Flair and them are doing their thing. All of a sudden, huh? Go to the ring. Finish the call. What's the warm up? Go to the ring. But go to the ring. I'm running from the back all the way to the front. Slide in. I act like I didn't know what's going on because I didn't know what was going on. I, I, there was no finishing. They didn't tell me nothing. I got to call it as I see it. And I'm like, they all knew that don't leave your shoulder down there on the third count. I'm not doing this hold off thing. It's got a one, it's a two, and three's coming. <laughs> I'm going to hit that man. I'm not going to go, ooh, I hate that. I can't stand it. Because I'm like, ooh, they know it's fixed. So I'm sitting there going, flare them both know that I'm going to slap that mat. And so I come and roll the ring, and all of a sudden they're doing their little thing. And I'm looking over, I look over there and see Tommy. Tommy, you okay? I'm thinking he really is knocked out because <laughs> he's like selling it pretty good. I'm like, I'm here. What am I going to do? So they boom, boom, boom. They, they did a roll up thing. I go down one, two, three. And then Flare either somebody kicks out. I'm like, I just lost my job because <laughs> I just counted Ric Flair getting pinned. By this, and Rick's like, ah! I'm like, I'm fired. I go, I raise hand. <laughs> so I go home, get my last check. I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> my career's <laughs> over. <laughs> but I got back races. How'd it go? How'd it go? Hey, you did great. So I didn't screw up? No, you did exactly what we wanted done. Well, you didn't tell me what to do. Exactly. <laughs> we wanted to do exactly how you know how. Because I'm going to call it like a college ring. And that's how much they think. I'm calling right. it like a school match. I'm calling it like a college match. I don't sit there and hold back when a guy's playing. Pow, there you go. One, two. And they watched me a whole year doing this stuff. And they knew I wasn't going to do that. In my mind, they may not be thinking that at all. But why would they trust a rookie referee to go out there to call a match as he sees it? Right, right. You're going to call a match as you see it. That's I went, okay. I felt pretty good about it. So after that, I went back to uh, doing a little more refereeing. I refereed all over the country for a year. Learned more refereeing than I ever would wrestling. Wow. Because you got Harley Race versus Ric Flair, Harley Race versus Dusty Rhodes. I'm in the middle of that. I'm watching how they communicate with their eyes, not with words. They kind of look at each other. <laughs> they would call out a match. They said, hey, Chicago, 1997. <laughs> and it's a move that happened in that match somewhere, and they knew what they were doing. I'm like, how do they know these things? So it's Harley racing them and wrestling. It was a part of their lifestyle. Right. For me, it's a hobby <laughs> with, a, with a paycheck. Right. <laughs> so for these guys, they lived it. And I, I was taught my first year that I got in at 87, no, 77, 76, 77 with the IWA and Johnny Powers. Uh, Somebody, I said, well, you know, it's, it's, wrestling's fake. He said, don't ever say that. So, uh, you call my mother a whore. 
called your mother a whore. I would never call your mother. No, the mother is my business. Right. This is my business. This is my mama. It feeds me. It clothes me. It has a house. This is my mother. When you say it's fake, you're calling my mother a whore. Won't do that again. I won't do that again, buddy. I said, he said, that's how you got to test. And when somebody says that to you, you need to be offended, just like they called your mother over. I said, I like the thought. I like the way they think. It is their life. And uh, I, 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 I had my first start, uh, Crusher Khrushchev. No, that was Crusher Khrushchev. No, it was Carl von Stroheim. Carl von Stroheim. You ever heard of Carl von Stroheim? Carl. Yeah. Well, we got in it. Kurt. The guy named Carl von Stroheim was actually Kurt von Stroheim, and a guy named Kurt von Stroheim was somebody else. But we never met Kurt. We met Carl, which was actually Kurt. And uh, he took me and Chuck, a buddy of mine, that started together. And uh, I teach you how to wrestle, teach you how to train like a wrestler. This guy's just German accent, you know. Jeez. And I'm like, okay. So he got this rubber band, you know, that you put on, you tie it off. So, you know, if you have a, uh, you know, some kind of blood, blood pulling or something. Yeah, this, and he said, put it the door, shut the door. We do exercises. So we're doing these exercises. We work out for two hours straight. This guy's in his fifties. I'm in my twenties. I was in pretty good. I was in fit shape. I was a gymnast. I just come out of college. I'm in shape. I just finished high school wrestling. I'm in shape. And I'm, my arms are like, the next day, couldn't walk. Arms are sore, back sore, everything's sore. This is what he does every day for his workout. So we go, we go up. He starts telling stories about what it was like to be in the military in Germany in World War II. He fought in World War II. Jeez. Like, dude, my dad fought in World War II. My dad was in his 50s at the time. And I'm like, this guy is still right. He said, uh, I would have flamethrower. I said, yeah. <laughs> he was a nice guy, right? <laughs> flamethrower. We go to a cave. Uh, we told the Russian pigs to come out. He said, come out. You'd be executed like me. <laughs> you think I'm coming out? You're going to execute me? Line me up? Pow, 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 pow. Because that's what they did. That's how they fought war. Then I come out, uh, I have to cook me Germans. Cook you some Germans. Yeah. They would not come out. Go ahead. Okay. Little up. We're all Christopher. He said, war is hell. I said, <laughs> that's how you fight wars. So I said, well, anyway, the war got over with and everything. He said, I had to make a living. I said, what'd you do? He said, well, I we would travel to the towns of Germany, Austria. We'd take a boxing ring with us. Because in, in Germany, they had rings set up and stuff like that. They, they, that was, we over here play football. They're over there doing gymnastics and boxing and stuff like that. Right, so, right. Different world. Yeah. And so in the, every little town had a hero. Every little town had a stud. He said, my manager and over the event, the booker, He'd go to a town and he'd go to a bar and he'd go, who's the strongest man you have here in your town? That would be Bruno. Bruno. I have a man that would kick Bruno's butt. 
<laughs> no one can kick Bruno's butt. And so we said, no, Bruno, he's, he's, he's beat all of us. He said, get beat us all. And they're all, you know, hundreds of men sitting at a bar having a stein, you know, all drinking the beer. He's, I can picture it. I'm like, and so, oh, here comes Carl, walks in. My champion here can beat Bruno like that. He said, no, he can't. So he said, where's Bruno? Bruno's back. Bruno comes up, big guy. <laughs> and, said, and Carl was a big guy. So Carl stand there. He said, let's have a fight. And he just open up the area or walk out on the street. And they're going to have a fight. Sit back. Like to see in the movies. <laughs> he said, so I'd stay there. And Bruno, I'd take a slow swing and Bruno would hit me. Boom. I swing again. Boom. Then Bruno would give me good. Boom. I hit the ground. Ah, oh, no more, no more, no more. It's okay. See, I thought your man was tough. Well, it's because it's not the right area. We need to be in the ring with boxing gloves and stuff. Oh, well, we'll have it tomorrow. So they have a Saturday match. <laughs> so they're sitting there. They get the ring set up. They get the whole thing in the middle. The whole town shows up. They're laying bets on the side. The guy's got thousands of dollars to get set aside for betting. Ten to one odds, five to one odds. They're betting money. So the guy's got all this money on the line and all this money they're going to win. So here comes Bruno. Carl comes walking in like all beat up, his eyes swollen and everything like that. So they get in the ring and they do a few punches. He says, I carry the guy a little bit and finally, yeah, Bruno hits the ground. Get up, Bruno. Get up. <laughs> Knocked him out. And he got, the guy collects the money. He said, he said I'm already in the car waiting. <laughs> Whoa. Do the next town. <laughs> Do the same thing over and over. And I split the money down the middle. He said, it was a, it, nobody's beating my butt. I said, I believe you, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, there was, he said, I had some close ones. He said, but uh, I knew how to hit he said, and, I, and he just was a strong man. I don't think he could probably do 500 pound bench pressure, but he just had tendon strength that he could grab you and you're like, whatever you want to do to me, go ahead. Don't kill me. <laughs> just you know, a, a nice man. He had a, had a lovely wife. And, uh, but I said, gosh, the, the mentality right. to, 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 to live that life. Yeah. Come to Came here as American, became American and everything. He says, I can do this wrestling thing. But if he wanted to kick somebody's butt, that was getting smart with him. We tell the guys, we said, hey, don't mess. Oh, he's an old man. Don't, don't you call him an old man. He will kill you. And I said, you sure? Is he? I'm sure. I'm telling you right now. I would, he said, hit me in the jaw. And I hit him. He said, he, he, boom, I'm out, cold. Boom. I said, I'm telling you, I'm not doing it. Said, you go ahead and you do what you want to. But I'm telling you right now, you better your mom and dad's address. It's like send to the funeral. It don't happen because you'll be dead. They were scared to death of Carl. But Carl was a nice man. He was just as nice as he did. Nothing but fond memories of Carl. He, he wore us out that day. I, said, I thought I was in shape. This son of a gun, this old man just made me cry. <laughs> That was, that was one of the great stories of, of, of when I first started with life. Because all of a sudden they became heroes to you. This right. guy's a normal guy. He's a guy that fought in World War II and survived the worst conditions. And I can only imagine how many fights he had 
all through Germany and Austria. He can't go back right. to the again. He has to make their money now because they're not coming back because they all figured it out. They screwed us. They set us up. Yeah, they did. Y'all bit big time. <laughs> So, kind of okay. like the old, uh, kind of like the old Carney days in a way, yeah. like in, in wrestling, carnival. you know. That's Carnival, the old Carney. Said, you go there and say, yeah. "Who can beat this man? Who is that the champion?" There's a lot of movies yeah. that got the same thing, and they said yeah. we just we just worked it in little towns that always had a hero there that could be anybody's butt. No one can beat Bruno. No one can beat Hans. Hans is the greatest. <laughs> I was knocked out late in the middle of the ring. <laughs> oh, but to take a beating for a while. It's sort of like the movie, uh, if you've seen it, uh, oh, it's a, a boxer that they have to lose the match for a while. And they're setting this rich guy up in Texas. Uh, it's, it's it's the same thing. Yeah. He, he, uh, the guy that played, the black guy that played the uh, part, he's been in lots of movies. And, uh, he took a beating and beating and beating and beating, and all of a sudden, boom, he, he gets a shot again. And all of a sudden, then it had other guys come up, young guys, and they try to cheat, and, and finally, boom, boom. And finally, he's almost beaten. They got the money. He won't ever finish. They had to fight like seven, eight matches and, uh, in one day. And he beat everybody in town that one day. Young Buck, young stud, young this. And all of a sudden, finally, they brought in a guy that was a champion from a, from a prison. And the prisoner was a champion boxer, and they knew each other. But it was like, oh, no, I can't beat him. He'll kill me. And the guy, it's called, what's it called? You have to look it up. But the guy that played the, 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 the guy, he's played a lot of movies, you know, gangster movies and stuff. But he said at the end of it, all of a sudden, here comes the Mexican guy, and the, the, and the rich guy's going, you're going down, you're going down, and the, and the black guy's going, you know what's going on? And didn't realize that the manager had it all set up. He's going right. to be fine. All of a sudden, he goes in there. The guy takes a swing. The guy sticks his jaw out. He goes, boom, down he goes. Yeah. And they won all the money. And walked out. Yeah. Is there looks up and winks at him? Because <laughs> he got paid, too. Because <laughs> he already got paid. He got out of prison. And all this stuff was to get him out of prison. The whole I said, that was so good. It's called, it's like a sting, but uh, that's exactly not how the, not the champ, it. not the champ. Is it? No, not no. The champ. Was, no. A, was a, that was a, a story about a young boy looking up to his dad. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that was a good movie too. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's something like County. It's some, I'll look at some boxing. Look up boxing, uh, Texas boxing or something like that. Because it was in Texas, I think, where the fight was a little tiny town. This guy owned the whole town. And he he he, he ran the guy that played the part of the owner of the whole town played all of uh, Clint Eastwood's movies as an evil character. Uh he was always the evil cowboy that was like, I'll get you right. Eh? He's you know, he was always Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern played the uh, played the owner of the town. Bruce Dern movie about boxing. Bruce Dern, I tell you what. What year, what year was this? What year oh, this, this is 70s. 70s. Okay, this is oh, way back. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up as we're talking. So yeah, uh, I'll watch you. a good movie. You need to watch that movie because it was all about getting redemption over a, a guy that was mistreated. And the guy came in there and said, we're going to give him a little bit of your own medicine. Yeah. But you don't, you don't know the ending. And I told you the ending now, but I just followed it for you. But you watch the whole movie, you're like, dude, it's beautiful. 
it's pro wrestling like crazy. I mean, because it's like they're setting guys up, boom, 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 and the fight goes on all day. It lasts two days of fighting. But uh, Bruce Dern, boxing, town owner, evil. Trying to, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm looking it up. I'm trying to. Uh, I'll find it and then I'll for, and then I'll, I'll I'll let you know. But <laughs> and then I'll I'll think I'll let you know when I find it because there's a I'm, I'm I just found a little it's Digstown Digstown. Okay, okay, I've heard of it. Yeah, I haven't seen it though. Yeah, you need to watch that movie. If you can okay. find it where I find it because that you'll sit back and it's it's sort of like identifies with wrestling. But you sit there and say, yeah. Okay, you sit back and you say you want to see the good guy beat the bad. That's all pro wrestling is, is good guy versus bad guy. Yep. I want to see the good guy win. Good I was told the good guy never loses and the bad guy never wins. And right. he says, Well, you know, I've seen lots of bad guys win. No, 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 no. The bad guy always pulls the tights. He didn't win. He cheated. Yes. And the good guy didn't lose because he got cheated. So it was all and, and no, that's not right. He didn't lose. He got cheated. So he didn't lose. He got cheated. And that's how the crowd accepts it. And that's the whole premise of all pro wrestling. Now it's all about who can show their the boobs off to each other most, I guess. But I said back then it was good guy versus bad guy. How many flips you could do? Yeah. Or yeah, how many how many tables you can go through? Yeah. You watch some of the old stuff. They they do a good drop kick. That was a good move. Um, no punch. You know, you know who had the best drop kick in my personal opinion, and I know you you you, you got to know this guy very well is Brad Armstrong. Yeah, the oh, greatest yeah. drop, greatest Man. drop kick you'll ever see. Nice, and Brad was just as cool as cool could be. He, he he'd always give you more than he needed to give you, and that's why he got yeah. a lot of by some guys because he'd always help a guy make him look. So I don't want to beat somebody that's nobody. You beat nobody, then that means you beat nobody. But yeah. he a little bit of this, but he give a good arm drag, good drop kick up there. That thing, he's up there flying in, and and it landed so nicely. Yeah. <laughs> You can't help but fall properly because he lands it. He didn't kick in the gut or anything like that. It was like beautiful. We could put that foot on your face and you wouldn't even feel it. It was like it just had a good touch. One of the greatest of all time, I think, personally. That guy could put on. Didn't, I don't think didn't, didn't get his just due. I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, his dad was, they said his dad and I looked a lot alike. And uh, um, I said, you know, I looked at a picture of him, looked at the younger version of, of, Brad's dad. I'm like, oh, uh, it's like, yeah, yeah. a little bit like it. Because yeah, yeah. I said, I said, you're not related? Because if you find some old pictures of him and yeah. find some pictures of me, he's like, hey, look at that. Older version of me. And my older, now I look more like him as a younger man. And just I say, hey, oh, that's old. <laughs> I'm 70, <laughs> 73 in a couple of months. I'm like, gee. Having fun. Actually, I saw uh, I while I was doing research. Your birthday is October tenth, right? Yeah, mine's the eleventh. So, boom. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> Things you come across while doing research. Yeah. I tell you, so. it's it's made. Be my brother's going out. My brother's the twenty seventh. Oh, wow. So we're uh, so we're like a family. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, uh, yeah, tell me about um, there's a couple other things I want to, you know, get into you about. Uh, we can, of course, go back to a lot of, uh, you know, the 80s career and stuff like that. But I want to ask you about specifically uh, was the NAWA, which eventually turned into South Atlantic Pro and stuff. You went there. You were uh, you did commentary. I think we talked touched upon it earlier. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
what was the whole deal between that and uh, that was um uh was that Sandy Scott that started running it, correct? It was short-lived. Uh, yeah, it was only about two years. I have a deep love for this organization for some strange reason. When I discovered it in like the mid-90s, I went back and got a bunch of tapes. And today, I'll go back and watch a lot of this stuff. Hey, you have to send me some of those tapes because I haven't seen it. I, yeah. I, they just needed somebody to do some talking. I I, I, I I've don't even remember it hardly because you get them all mixed together after a while. I'm like, really? It's a little bit confusing the history unless you yeah. like really sit there. I went through uh, some online stories and stuff like that that I found, and I think I got the story straight for the most part. <laughs> so you know, it's uh, it's very confusing because uh, I think I came across the South Atlantic part first, and then the South NAWA. South which the Atlantic. NAWA was South yeah. Atlantic was 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 uh, Nelson's thing, and uh, yeah. Um, we traveled around a couple of cities and it died quick. I mean, it just, yeah. you know, ran out of money. It just, they, yeah. they had a guy that was, they had an angel that was paying for it and yeah. kind of died out. And then I think I, I, I went in the background and looked around. All I did was show up. They said, you need to, you need to uh, talk about it. I says, I don't know any of the guys' names. I don't know any of them names. I said, put a list up there. And they put a list up there on a piece of paper. I'm like, I'm just reading it off. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, and I just kind of like ad lived the rest of the time. And some guys were good ad lib with it. The one guy that was the announcer originally, a little skinny fella, mm -hmm. he, he died of some kind of, I think, AIDS or something like that. Jeez. And he didn't, he was drinking pretty bad. He he didn't show up for work one day. And uh, they said, Lincoln, can you do this? I said, I can, I, I can talk. So, I mean, you was, you were a school teacher. I said, oh, yeah, that don't mean nothing. Most school teachers <laughs> Can't stand to be in front of a camera. I said, put it up, let's go. I said, who's watching? There's nobody watching. So I'm talking to a piece of metal with a glass on it. And uh, they, they were going to try to build something up. But everybody was looking for a way to build something. I just mm -hmm. did the best I could. And um, everybody says, you've done everything. I said, not really. I just got sucked into everything. <laughs> I wasn't looking at it. But I've been fine being an announcer. Like, about you and more wrestling? I said, no, I don't care less. Long as you get paid, you know. I'm not looking for fame. I said, I'm right. looking for a paycheck <laughs> and, uh, and not get hurt. And guess what? They're going to pay me to go, how you doing tonight? Great wrestling show. <laughs> That's a whole lot more fun than getting thrown around like everything. Yeah. When you're, when you're 22, 23, 24 years old, it's all about, uh, uh, I'm going to get somebody. No, it's about you know coming home at night, making sure you're safe. So, yeah, there's something always very interesting about that organization, though. For for me, for some reason, that I, uh, you know, I'm gonna have to. Uh, the the Savoldi's own group. It was all the other guys. All yeah. the other guys trying to be yeah more than them. Well, there was uh, Tommy Angel was in there, you know. Tommy, Tommy I yeah, he's a great guy. I interviewed him a couple uh, a few months ago, and I thought that that was a great conversation. And David Isley, uh, yeah, he was there. Uh, George South made an appearance, I think. It was. Yep. Here's yeah. fun about George South. Yeah. When I was doing um, graduating college in 1974. The last nine weeks, almost last nine weeks of your graduating year, mm -hmm. you do student teaching. Yeah. Well, I had a section of time I had to do student teaching. Now, it might have been in the late fall or early spring. I'm not sure. It's been a while. 1974 is a long time ago. <laughs> so I go to a, a little school. Um, 
It was North North Gaston's uh, Middle School, W.C. Uh-huh. Fry, in Gastonia, North Carolina, and uh, and actually Dallas, North Carolina, because Dallas, little tiny town, right outside Gastonia, and North Gaston was Dallas, North Carolina, and W.C. Friday was a block up the street in the woods, not woods, but on country road, W.C. Friday. I'm doing my student teaching at W.C. Friday. I'm a 160-pound right guy. I'm a, a former, you know, wrestler in high school. I was a gymnast in college. I could do all kinds of – but I wasn't a basketball player. I played a little football, but I was basically a PE teacher. Okay. Right. So I go there, and the first time I got a little scared because you got all these little eighth and ninth graders, you know, because that's all middle school, right? But they're just little eighth and ninth graders, seventh, eighth, and ninth graders. And so uh, I'm sitting there and teaching class, and then we have a little – a fun game with the, uh, the high school comes back and raised money for the school. Had to, had the teachers play against the students, and the teachers beat the students. I made two shots that couldn't do it again if my life depended. I went, oh, it went in! Holy cow! Well, I couldn't play basketball; it was terrible. I could jump and rebound, but I couldn't shoot with a crap. I just kind of like pretended like I was going to go in and win. <laughs> like I can't believe it! And I was like, Man, you look like a pro! I was like, no, it's called pure tea luck. <laughs> you told me to do it now. It's not. It's, it may even make it to the goal. Uh, but we're out there playing, and then uh, next day we had school the next week. I'm sitting there. It's my last few weeks at school, and a little kid comes from and says, "Mr. Ligon, Mr. Ligon, no, Coach, yeah, what's up?" I said, uh, "Man, you need to become a professional wrestler." I said, Why? I said. You need to be around. I weigh 160 pounds. I'm skinny. I'm a skinny boy. Well, that's what I want to be. I want to be a professional wrestler one day. And he's like eighth grade, about this high. I'm like, I said, well, good luck, kid. I mean, <laughs> you want to be a pro wrestler? Go ahead, go for it. So I said, well, this guy's got goals. You know, he's an eighth grader. He's you know, ten years younger than I am. I'm like, uh, so I said, okay. Well, ten years later, I'm at WC. TBS Studios, where yeah. they're doing TV. one of my first tapes I've done with TBS because it just started 83, 84. So I'm like, okay. So I'm up there and all of a sudden I'm sitting there putting my, my boots on and get my stuff on and everything like that. And this guy walks up, well, Mr. Ligon, Mr. Ligon. Yeah, I don't know the guy from nobody. He said, You remember me? I said, How would I remember you? You were my teacher in eighth grade. I went, what's your name? Said, George South. <laughs> so George South. I said, I don't remember you, George. He said, we, we told you. I remember somebody saying something, I'll be a pro wrestler. But I, and you want, and you told me you want to be a pro wrestler. He said, yeah, I think I, fade, I remember that. That's been about 10 years. Yeah, yeah, it's been 10 years. Because he was 25 years old. And I was 35 years old. So I said, well, kid. You made it, <laughs> and he's been doing it ever since. That's all he's ever done his whole life. He's still uh, he's still at it. I, another guy. I have another. I have a he's picture still, of him up here on my wall. So we're, bo- yeah. we're booking him for the. Uh, he's he's putting on a show we have on October seventh in uh, our school. Yeah, and I said give me some guys, and one of the guys that got backed out. He said that makes me mad. He gave me his word. I said George, it's pro wrestling. I said they 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 got a better beat, a better deal somewhere else. Said, and you can't blame the guy, but I know I, I tell you, I can make five thousand here or five hundred here. I told him I was coming, I gotta go to the five hundred. You know, just you just unless unless you 
Can you find somebody else? I'll pay you $500. You know, that's what I do. I pay you $500 because I'm not coming. And, uh, if it's okay with you. If he says, no, I'll go to have you. Then I bite the bullet. You don't, you don't, you don't give me a word and then change it. You just can't do that. Yeah. But uh, if emergency happened, like a wreck or something like that, yeah, you can't do that. But that, but, but that was a choice made. And uh, it's nothing to put somebody else in my place. I got a guy that can do my spot because I wasn't advertised, so it's not a big of a deal. And that's why, but, but at least give him a heads up. Right. I wouldn't give it a heads up. Mess. But uh, yeah, George, I just finished talking to him for about 40 minutes. So he's on, I was riding home and he said, Gene, we got to get that match together. I said, George, we didn't advertise him, so it don't really matter. We just got to put on a good show. That will draw crowds back again. If you put on a lousy show, Okay, if you had a star that doesn't do a bump, they're not coming back. They got to come back to see a show that they enjoy and set up something for the next match. You know, but next time we might have a bigger budget where we can hire some bigger guys. But most of the guys want to come in there, they want their money. And so, how many bumps are you going to take? Well, I don't take bumps. <laughs> Guess what? You just a memory. I don't want a memory. I want a guy who can go out there and do something. But I know you're 70 years old. I know you're 65 years old. I know you're not going to do anything. But if you had a young guy with you, and you walk in, give him a couple of forearms, boom, 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 and then you tag out to your partner, who's a young guy, that'd be better. But you as a single match, where I'm not going to take a bump. Well, guess what? We don't need you. Can't have you. Unless you're going to sign autographs and uh, be a manager on the sideline, you're not getting paid the money you want to get paid, though. You're only right. worse. Because you're you're not doing anything. Yep. If three people came because of you, well, you big deal. Now three thousand people show up because of you. Hey, we're gonna pay you. <laughs> it's a huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah, big difference. Uh, do you mind if I run down a couple people and ask you about that and your experiences yeah. with them? Absolutely. Somebody I want to ask you about is um, let's see here, Don Carnotal, the late Don Carnotal. First pro match I ever saw. Yeah. As a student in college, Don Carnoodle was in a wrestling match at Shelby uh, Recreation Park, mm -hmm. probably 1973, 72, I'm not sure. Me and a couple of my buddies went, let's go watch a pro wrestling match. We had never been to one. And we got there. And he wasn't a headliner. He was a beginner. He got out of the first match. I think it was the first match. And he was you know, fairly built pretty good. And, uh, but you know, I think. All right, there you go. He went. He went to uh, Elon College as our rival, Gardner Webb's rival was Elon College. So he was over talking to people on the sideline. But that night, the main event was uh, what was his name, Johnny? What's a uh, Valentine? Johnny Valentine. Okay. okay. Yep. Greg Valentine. We didn't know who Greg was. Johnny Valentine come out in that black robe. Walk out there, and we're sort of going. That guy looks like he could kill you. I mean, he he just had to look. Wasn't a big big man, but he was right. he was statuesque. I mean, and the one what really got me was this: how good these people were. I am I'm a facsimile thereof. These mm -hmm. guys lived it and believed it. He walks out, and this big man stood up, pulled his hand back on. Beat your butt. And Johnny looked over at him like, paused a minute, 
and walked in his direction. The guy went, you know, he's bowing up. And Johnny leaned forward, stuck his chin out. Take your first shot. And the guy went, kind of backed off and sat down. <laughs> that's what I thought. He got in the ring. I said, dude, if that's a bluff, it's the best bluff I've ever seen in my life. I said, man, never forget that. I said, Did you see that? Yeah. What would you have done? I ran. <laughs> I would never hit that guy. He might, I might break my hand hitting him. He looks like he's got a stone jaw. And right. Like, right. And I said, wow. So he said, he, he hammered a guy. Wham. I think this stuff is fake. <laughs> you can hear it. Thud. And he was, I mean, he was known for laying it in on guys. Because right. he and, and you don't get mad at guys like that because he's willing to take it too. I'll give it and I'll take it. Now if he right. said, hold on, hit me up, bam, bam, he bam, blah. You could pound on him all you wanted to, but he's gonna pound you right back. <laughs> that was a beautiful thing of watching. That was my first pro wrestling match I ever saw. Wow. What about uh Rocky King? Rocky. Rocky was a great guy. He just, yeah. he was always, always, <laughs> he mumbled so much. But Rocky would give us, give us heart and soul every match. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't very big, but right. he, he was he, very skinny. He was so, very lean yeah. and muscular, but yeah. he wasn't a big guy. And, but he, I mean, he, he stepped in that ring. He's going to give you 100%. Never, never felt like he was just going through the motions. He, he wanted to do as big as he can because he was hoping to get his big big chance. Right. And just a, a good guy. Just a good guy. Uh, what about Tully and Arn? <laughs> now, Tully, as, Tully, Tully was hard to get to know because he was he, he lived his part. He, he, he yeah. Had, he had a little bit of it. He was probably the college guy. was a smart aleck, but a nice guy. But he just yeah, – yeah. You weren't a part of his team. You know, you, you weren't in the in the echelon that he was. Arn was as funny a guy you ever gonna meet. He has he has such great wit. Half mm -hmm. that stuff he said on TV, he'd come back with an answer. It was off the top of his head. He just he'd be talking. One night when we were in Greenville, uh, and I, I'm not Thunderfoot, I'm being Gene Lee. Well, I might have been Thunderfoot. Yeah, I was Thunderfoot. And uh we go out there to wrestle. I got to wrestle against the uh, something other Raiders, Kansas City Raiders. The Jayhawks. Jayhawks. Yeah. I, I never kept up with anything. <laughs> I never I was about a follower of wrestling. Uh, it's Bobby Jaggers and uh, oh crap, I can't remember the other guy's name right uh, now. That's uh, Harry. I know the guy's yeah. Harry. That's, yeah. yeah. But, uh, so I'm sitting there in back, and I got a match with them, and they're they're coming in. They're doing them a favor by bringing them in to get them. Get them a match in, have them throw people around, make make the other, make us look bad. I, I think it was Thunderfoot. I don't know if Thunderfoot one was in it, but it might have been. But I'm standing on the sideline, and then, and Arn apparently like he liked to rib people, and I don't know if he had any kind of like angst against these guys or anything like that. Maybe against one guy because the one guy was a jerk, um, Jaggers. He was the other guy was a serious minded guy. And right. a, a decent guy, and, and Jagger's okay, but Jagger's was always hmm, on on you. He's irritating the crap out. <laughs> Never yeah. made a mention. Just about all the guys always talk about. Hey, he's 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 a, he's a bitch. 
but he was, you know, a decent worker. And uh, so Arn looked at me and said, Lincoln, why don't you go you get out there and you wrestle against Jaggers? I want you to take pick Jaggers up, put him on the ground, make him make him wrestle. I can do that. <laughs> I get fired. <laughs> I can do that. He said, You can do it. I said, Yeah, I can do it. I said, He's not a wrestler, you know how to wrestle. He said, uh, yeah, don't you don't you pick him up, put him on the ground, you know, let let him, everybody know he don't know what he's doing. I said, Oh, I don't do that to a guy like that. Because he said, Well, you know, I said, I'll get, you know, Dusty will have me fired. And JJ Dillon was standing around there. And JJ's a booker. He's like, I've got So JJ, looking at you care, looking at that. So now, do it, Lincoln. I said, now let him up. Don't make it look bad, man. But, you know, just show him that you can do something. Because he he basically did because we're guys out there to take a fall, disrespected in a lot of ways. They you know, the other guy was not so much. He, he knew he'd come the hard way too. But sometimes they get a little hitty. And he says, all right, I got to, both of you. Don't don't screw me over because I'm going. So if the, the bell ring, go out there, boom, boom, boom. And I duck under behind him, pick him up, put him on the ground, stayed on top of him, rode him a little bit, and then let him up. And the other guy got mad. He said, What's that BS? Just making them look bad for a second. So I'm only gonna make the guy look bad for one second or two. Let him up and then we went and continue to wrestle. But uh um it was that's how I remember of it. It was just a little small thing. And that was in Greenville, South Carolina. And then, and then what? What was all that crap about? I said, "Hey, talk to JJ. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not taking the blame for this. Talk to JJ and R." And he said, "Oh, just have a little fun, guys. I said, welcome to the, welcome to Greenville, South Carolina. You know, like that's what you got to do. You know, that's how we welcome you." And they, I said, "It's not going to hurt you. I don't even know if they actually got the tape to, to air or not, but um, it was just uh, one little event there." I know it was Dutch Mantel at one point was one Dutch, of them, but I don't. Was Dutch, it Dutch? Dutch is serious minded guy. He's yeah, great mind for the business, and the guy obviously he's lasted forever. So yeah, you know. he just yeah. he knows so much. He knows more than I ever thought about. Him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I asked you in 1988. You went to WWF for a little while. Oh, yeah. They uh, they were having you know. Crockett and them made a deal, and what it was said that WWF had been beat up there underneath guys so badly, that all they had left was a lot. I mean, terrible, mm -hmm. terrible guys. I mean, they they were basically. I walked up to you, and you never seen a wrestling match. Before. Hey, you want to get in the ring and wrestle? Oh, we'll pay you five hundred dollars. Okay, and you get there, and so you you wouldn't know how to lock up. You just kind of like. They grab you, throw you around, toss you to the side. You probably got five hundred dollars in damage where you live. I don't know right. if they paid five hundred or one fifty like they paid us, but they told Nelson Roll helped put it together and everything. Got all together and got permission from Crockett and all them to go. And so we go up there because they needed us for a couple weeks or so. Right, they flew us up there. Flew about sixteen, seventeen of us up there. Isley was with us. Uh, um, George South, all of them. So we get all the way up there. I'm the older guy. I'm yeah. seen. I'm not real old, but I'm older than they. They're all in their twenties. I'm in my late thirties. So I get up there and uh, go in. I check in. We're, we're uh, the, from Charlotte, North Carolina. I said, oh yeah, come here, come here. And man, 
They had a buffet set up. They had food. It was like going to one of those movie theater type. Dressing area was immaculate. It was like, look, let's get something to eat. And they got steaks laid out here. They got, I mean, we're sitting there going, wow. We're going to have to rest for another four hours. This boy's <laughs> eating. I'm eating. And so we, we took some stuff. Leaving that night, we're heading back to the room. <laughs> we're taking some stuff with us. So we uh, we, we go out there and uh, we, get, we get the guys out there. And we're going, I had the uh, ultimate warrior. About took my head off, but had these different guys that were like stars. Yeah, I'm thinking they're like our guys. They work with you a little bit, give you a hip toss, say hey, hey. But they're ripping you, boom, boom, and it's hurting. It's like you're in a fight. Yeah. And so all the guys come back. Look at me. They're stiff. They're stiff as can be. That mat. That mat's like a hard as a brick because they're slamming you on a ring that didn't give, barely padded, and you hit. On your hip, it's cracked. If you hit flat, you try to cover as best you can, but it's hurting like crazy. So they're slamming us around, clotheslining, boom, 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 just treating us like trash because that's what they did to all the other guys. That's why they're all injured. They can't do anything. And so I got the guys together and I said, hey, give them what they give. So what? I said, listen, they hit you, lay it back into them. They're not expecting it, so you may get lucky. <laughs> so they said, sure enough. And so some of the guys who were uh, a little more experienced, and it's all of a sudden I, I laid one shot in. The guy gave me a shot, and I went pop right to his gut. Oh, uh, what the hell was that? I said, this way it's going to be. You, you just, we're going to fight. I was lucky enough to have some decent guys, but, you know, guys were being mistreated. I mean, these guys had families. I have a family. That was yeah. me. But, uh, but the uh, next thing you know, it, it, it got a little lighter the next day. It was just, <laughs> they just weren't, they just weren't quite <laughs> stiff. They said, because they didn't want to get hit. I said, it's going to look really bad. The world champion gets knocked out on TV because it's going to yeah, happen. Yeah. These are country boys from North Carolina. They know how to fight. I said, me, not so much. <laughs> but I know that boy right there. You make him mad, he'll knock you out. <laughs> but, uh, I saw. I saw that you uh, wrestled Owen Hart one as the Blue oh, yeah. Blazer at one I, point, and you did you did get a little offense in there, you yeah. know. Because so. I, I talked to him before, and he was they were having a hard time finding somebody to match him with because right. he could do all these flips, and they and the guys that he wrestled against weren't assisting him at all. I mean, you right. can't fly through the air; you have to have a little bit of help. And I told Owen, I said, Owen, I, I was a gymnast in college. I can I can do a round off back handspring. I said, I'm not going to do it because it's been 20 years, 15 years. <laughs> I said, but when I was in college, I could do round off backhand springs. And we used to do events at elementary schools where a guy come run to me and I'd flip him in the air and make him land. I can do the same thing with you. I said, I see what you're doing. I'll just carry you and, and put some support on you so you can do some things that you want to do. He said, so you can help me on it? I said, yeah. I said, that back that backflip you always do, they always throw you way too far and you don't. I said, Got to, got to get you up and not force it. Let you get your, once you leave my arms, you'll know how to turn to a half turn or whatever. He said, good. So he felt so much more confident because he had just gone to that gimmick. He had yeah. just started doing it. And I had, I think he walked across the, the ropes one time and he flipped off of that. And then I did a back flip to him and I turned around, turned around. Next thing I know, he's drop kicking me. What the hey? Where's this guy? Because I just threw him in the air like a backdrop. He landed on his feet. Turn around, boom, here comes a drop kick. 
Uh, he thanked me after the matches. Oh, that was perfect. I can have you every night. I said, I'll be going in a couple of days. Be gone. I said, that's how you ought to be done. And that's the first time we've been in the ring together. So if we had several matches, it would have been a whole lot better because we could have yeah. gotten stuff. But I was trying to time him and get him just right. And he was so good at it, I was helping him too much. Right. He was not getting any help, and he would overcompensate and almost flip out of it. I said, but we, I said, we'd had three more matches together. We could have so much fun flying through the air, and I'd look like the dummy getting knocked down every time. I just sit a guy on, turn around, boom, drop it, ah, arm drag, arm drag, arm drag, boom, boom, over top ropes. <laughs> just, you know, but it, I, what, how they did him when he died, that we, we said, said, never again. We're never going back to that bit. Those people do not care. Because in a regular baseball game or a football game, Guy has a heart attack on the field. Game's canceled. Yeah. They, he died by the ring. He was dead. Yep. When he back. hit the ring, he, when he hit the ring, he was basically dead. So, And they and, took him off like, he'll be okay, he'll be okay. And it continued to show. I said, yeah. no, you say the man's dead. Give him the honor. Yeah. But uh, I, right there, I said, no, nah, I'm not doing that guy. <laughs> I'm not going back to WCW again to finish yeah. what we had to do and we got out of there and had to get home, <laughs> fly back home, you know, don't yeah. send us again. Not again. That was, yeah. that was wrong. I was there tonight. Yeah. I think I was there tonight that, uh, McMahon got punched by, uh, hitman. 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 Yeah. We were, we were, and so he come walking out like, he was like, uh, what happened? <laughs> he knocked him out. Told <laughs> you. The, the story goes that, he, he, he called him in the back back there and he says, you, you know, because they gave the title away. And that, wasn't, yeah. uh, that ain't how it's supposed to go. And uh, the other guy was involved in it and said, hey, I got to do what the boss says. You know, yeah. Hitman went right downstairs, had him come back to the back. And you see McMahon walking down the hallway like, what the heck's he want to talk to me about? And walks in, what do you want? Bam! Bam! <laughs> Bam! They said the man come walking out like he was drunk, and he was. He was knocked out. Yeah. And uh, I said, I admire him for that. I said, son of a gun, you don't do that to a champion. You work it out with a champion. And yeah. he would have probably done what he was going to do if it's right. But not everybody, yeah. not all champions go along with the finish. And no, 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 we're not doing it that way. We're going to do it this way. Yeah, right. Okay. Can we do a little bit of this? We'll do it. You negotiate it. But, uh, there's a lot of guys that I was in Japan. And I was like, um, <laughs> said, oh, we're going to have you get beat by so-and-so, so-and-so. And the guy was like, too close to America. <laughs> so, too close to America? What are you doing? Or too close to Japan because they're not losing any matches in Japan. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, uh, uh, what's uh, the big black guy? What's that? I can't play dead. Uh, in uh, Japan? Yeah, he he wrestled. He's from Mississippi, Alabama area, but uh, not Abdullah, but it's uh, um, what the hell is it? He was Kamala, a, Kamala, Kamala. Yeah, yeah. What the nicest? One of the, one of the positive things in wrestling. He, he's a he, our biggest line we had in Australia. We were down in Australia for the IWA, uh, which they were starting a group up. IWA, and he goes. And said, man, I tell you, this is how it's going to be this way. It's going to be this high. He said, is that right? <laughs> so he'd always say, is that right? And so he said, 
Well, uh, come on, we're gonna have uh, so and so go over on you. And he said, Oh, we can't do that. Too close to Japan. <laughs> we'll be in Australia. <laughs> it's too close to Japan. Because it gets back to Japan, guess what? They're gonna know about it. Yeah. But I don't pay it. He got yeah. screwed over by WWF so badly. I mean, he was not he was paid stump change. And he was yeah. big, he was the draw. He he was he, but he made, was a big deal. Back. He yeah, lost he was, all kind of yep. diabetes and stuff. Yep. But a nice you would just love sitting around shooting the bull with him. He's just funny. We laughed and laughed and laughed. And he talked about different wrestlers and he he tell what, what he did. He's, we just start giggling and laughing like like a bunch of little kids because he was just a good guy. You couldn't yeah. find him. Yeah, we just had a whole month in Japan uh, in uh, in uh, Australia with him, and uh, we went around to the zoo we had there and everything. It was like a Carowinds or a King's Dominion type park, right. and we rode every day for about twenty minutes, and then it'd be a early day. And a late day, and it was just like going to an event that you go to, like one of those song shows. Da, 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 da. It'd be a wrestling match, so we'd go either have the early show, which we start at twelve o'clock, go out there for ten minutes. I'm done. Back to the room, get free food, out of here. <laughs> so and they paid us, you know, several thousand dollars to go down there, do ten minutes for the work a day. What? <laughs> it was great. I just, and, yeah. uh, I'm like, this is all right. We had to eat. Had breakfast in the morning. They had to pay for all breakfast. That's the only thing. I mean, back then, this is gosh, nineteen ninety-two, somebody, something like that. And a buffet, eat all you want, was like twenty dollars. Yeah. Well, we'd pay three dollars here in America at the time, like twenty bucks. So we'd sit there and eat like crazy. Stuff yeah. And then we found out they were having hamburgers at the uh, event. So we started skipping breakfast. <laughs> we go and get all that. Can, can we take some? Yeah, take all you want. <laughs> shoo, shoo, shoo. I take nine hamburgers home to the motel room and go downstairs to the microwave and cook them suckers in our room. And that's what we lived off of because we couldn't spend no money. It was a cup of coffee was four bucks. That's when coffee was 30 cents. It's four bucks in Australia. Hey. I bought somebody a cup of coffee. I said, what? Four bucks. Better drink all of it. We <laughs> don't even have a cup. Don't waste my money. Wow. It was, it, was, it was a nice, nice trip. Australia was a great trip. Japan was a great trip. I was going to ask you, this would be uh, probably, um, I want to know about your trip you worked with uh, All Japan. And uh, I have it here. Yeah. yeah. 1987, I, th I think. Yeah. What, yeah. 86, 87. I mean, yeah. that was an opportunity that, that, that Nelson Roll helped line up. He said, listen, I guess I'm going to go to Japan. I guess it's Japan. Oh, uh, yeah. I said, what you, they'll fly you out there. They'll pay you $10,000 to wrestle. I said, $10,000? Okay. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Ten, ten, do you mean like $1,000? No, $10,000. That's your pay. Is that because I'm special? Yeah. No, everybody gets paid. <laughs> Darn, I thought it was special. But, so I get over there, and of course, they shake up. I have a passport, barely got it in time, never had a passport. So you got a passport, and boom, right in there. And the first night there, we're in this arena. What a big arena. It was like a, an auditorium. Mm -hmm. And knowing the Japanese people, didn't know them, didn't know how they acted. But most of these right. little 12, 13 year old little boys were big fans. 
That's right. that's that's the market. And they come running up, and I'm standing next to Stan Hansen, who I had just met. And Stan, he's not as tall as he was when he was in Japan. He's much tall, much taller then. Now he's short. I'm like, he's the same height I am. I said, Stan, he shrunk. He's <laughs> compacted his back. But uh, he's standing there, and he's like, you're chawing the back like he's, like he's playing the part, right? But a very intelligent man. You know what I'm saying? He's chawing the back. Kid walks up. Stan Hansen. I got all the guys. Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen. Get away, kid. Get away. Stan Hansen. Spits on him. And three kids got splatter all over their face. And I'm like, what the? I'm like, how rude. They go, Stan Hansen. They go run. They run to all their friends. Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen. Oh, they go, ooh, 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 ooh. and they're like playing with the spit. It's uh, an honor. It's an honor to be spit on by Stan Hansen. He said they love it. I said they love it. He said watch. I said oh my gosh, it's like an autograph. <laughs> so they're just, they just think it's funny as crap. He says it's just water. <laughs> so so. Uh, we're wrestling, and, and and I was, I'm not a drinker. I don't go. I never drank in my life. I don't. I don't smoke and all this stuff. I just, I'm just a regular guy. I like to eat. Yeah. But, but we, <laughs> we, 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 and stands kind of like a. Hey, I get some. I get something to drink. I, was like, I don't drink. So he starts thinking I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's I'm like, no. I'm sorry. Like, I said not gay. You don't you ain't chasing no women. You're not drinking. Now, he didn't do it. He, he didn't. He didn't do any of that either. But usually, right, said, right. Like the young guys like I was. He said, "Yeah, at your age, then you'll be doing this. You're not married." I said, "No, never been married." I said, "Well, I'm concerned about you." So he started thinking, and so I said, "No, I'm not gay." <laughs> but I gave him a, a tip on a, a stock. He said, "Who is this food line?" I said, "Look at food line." I'm going to look it up. Food Line's small grocery store in Salisbury, North Carolina, growing like crazy. And he bought some stock, and it did him well. And uh, so he started talking to me. We, we were in a town, and uh, we're all going out that, that night. Night is late afternoon. It's like 5 o'clock. We didn't finish the ma matches and everything like that. We didn't have a match that day. So we're going there and says, go to the club. I don't go to the club. You got to go. So you go to the club, and it's not like a nightclub. It's a karaoke bar. Right. And everybody's there to have some drinks and some and stuff like that. But you have to sit with a girl. I was, I'm not paying. A, you don't pay. Sit with a girl. It's part of the culture. So there's Filipino girls. Very attractive. Yeah. You know, like, but they come up every so many weeks, and they get to work so many weeks, and they get paid based on tips. Uh -huh. Van was paying for everything. So I'm sitting there. So what you want to do? I have a coke. So looked at me like, I'm sure you're gay. <laughs> coke. So I'm sitting there, and the girls talking to me like, How you doing? And, but they don't speak a word. <laughs> just, just, smiling like crazy. But they're just there to to be company. No uh, sexual stuff. Just company. And uh, so uh, stands it. Somebody get me a sink. And so Joel was with us. Joel said, come on. Yeah, you footers, get up there and sing. So we weren't the footers over there. We were just Joel and Gene. And we wrestled separately. 
we'll get her to start put an Elvis song. Um, and I could do certain voices. And so we started singing. And Joel, he was singing, I'm singing the song, and I'm trying to do it like how Elvis did the song. And I'm putting a little bit of hole oh, 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 oh. <laughs> And so all of a sudden, people say, Stop. Oh, Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley. And so Joel walks off the stage and leaves me singing. So I sing the whole song. And walked down and Stan, Stan looked at me and said, That was pretty good, Liggin. I'm looking at you a little differently now. And so from that point on, we were buddies. <laughs> so, <laughs> said, Maybe you're not gay. I said, No, I'm not gay. <laughs> I'm happy, but I'm okay. <laughs> That's funny. That is great. So he, yeah. he's, we, we met up after years and stuff like that. And he, he always asks us, where's that leg in my eyes? You want to sing some songs for me? I said, not today. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he comes back ever so often. And, uh, yeah. Nice guy. Uh, yeah. He came very close. He just, but he, he, he kind of walked me through the whole thing in Japan. He said, I, I lost a match. I wasn't supposed to lose. Yeah. I misunderstood them because they, they uh, you, 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 you over, you over. I said, over what? Over this? Oh, you, I, oh, I under. Okay, and they got it mixed up, and so I thought I was supposed to get beat by this guy, and it's one of their guys who gets beat all the time. Yeah, <laughs> he's the guy that loses. But guess what? He won. <laughs> so, oh, what happened? No, 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 no. I said, what about when I'm cool? That's why I'd be mad. Said, no, I'm not mad. That's fine. Oh, no, no, you no lose, no lose. Never. That's okay. So, so I had uh, I wrestled with uh, a guy who was a world champion WWF redheaded guy. What's his name? Uh, back in the seventies. Oh, Bob the- Backlund. Bob Backlund. No, 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 no. I'm talking about a smaller guy, more fit. Uh, in the seventies? Yeah, he's built, he's before Backlund, and and was a tag. Um, I'm trying to think. Before Backlund was superstar. No, Billy Graham, Bruno, Ivan Koloff. Uh, no, no. Uh, it's all in that group of guys. He was yeah. an older man. He was an older man when I was wrestling there. He was in his. I was in my thirties, and he was in his forties yeah. or fifties. But nice guy. Just yeah. Um, can't think of his name though. He uh, the only redhead I can think of is Bob Backlund. He's, he's kind of reddish blonde. He was kind of yeah. But think of a uh, movie star looking guy. I mean, he he's right. always very very eloquent on on the interviews, and he, he wasn't a, uh, he was more of a gentleman. That's like, mm-hmm. but you'll you'll think of him. I see. I, I'm horrible with names. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember because I'm trying to think of the lineage. I mean, of uh, the champion over there. So I'll I'll remember it at some point. I'm sure. Yeah, so he was. Yeah. He was in that little genre there, but when we went to yeah. in the eighties. He he might have won in the seventies. I don't know. Yeah, like, not, not Bob, not Bob Backlund, but it's something like that. You know, you'll think know, of it. You yeah, know, I mean, I know all the. I mean, uh, well, it's my area. You know, uh, there was Bruno. There was, jeez, uh, I'm trying to think of who else could have could it have been. I thought I named everybody. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm off. What's that? Keep coming forward with it. Don't go back so old. It's, it's actually probably the seventies and eighties. So you wrestled the great Kabuki over there. You wrestled, you tagged with Nick Bockwinkle over there. That's kind of amazing. Nick Bockwinkle, that's who it was. Yeah, AWA World Champion. AWA World. There you go. Yeah, I knew the World Champion on something. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary wrestler. Bockwinkle, yeah. Nick Bockwinkle was a man. 
Yeah. yeah. He did work for the he did work for the WWF I think in like 1988 1989 as an announcer on like the uh, televised house shows on like the Madison Square Garden Network and stuff like he that. Was that just he did phenomenal shape for a man. He was old, much older. Yeah. Than he was, he got, I think that I think he was in his fifties at that time period. Yeah, he went out of She was. I want to be in shape. This guy's in. I was in my mid thirties. I'm like, holy cow! This guy's in shape. <laughs> so I ain't messing with him. There's a yeah, different. Right? Different world, a whole different world. Yeah. 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 All right, Jim. Do you have anything else you wanna you wanna throw in there tonight? Oh, you got you got all the answers. Yeah, and I wanna I wanna thank you. I had a great conversation. I didn't know that this was gonna go nearly as long as it did, to be honest with you. But you got a lot of Yeah, you've had some great stories, man. And I appreciate you doing this. And uh, maybe one day we'll maybe one day we'll sit down and, and do something else. Yeah, so uh, uh, just some good things went on. I was blessed to be involved in it. Yeah, and I'm paying for it now, of course, through <laughs> the shoulder. I had shoulder replacement. Everybody ever tells you, oh, it's all fake. Let me tell you what I got. I I had one knee surgery when I was in college from a, an accident on a wrestling mat that a guy fell on me while I was shoulder removed. That's the only injury I ever had in my whole life that mm -hmm. you know had to have surgery or something. Well. I get into pro wrestling. First year, fine. No problem. And all of a sudden, two years go by. I had to take time off to get a job job because it wasn't paying enough. The company went out of business. So in 83, when I tried out for wrestling again, um, next thing you know, I tear Germany. I said, oh. And I was playing basketball for a uh, charity thing for the WCW. So my right leg, my right leg, I popped it. I said, doggone it. So, got that repaired. Went back to wrestling very quickly because it was done arthroscopically. Did that real well. And then uh, wrestling a match in Florence, South Carolina. Wrestling against a guy, real good guy. He goes up for a handstand thing, come down with a knee on your chest, you know. Hits me right in the joint. Right there. Pop. I just lifted the waist that day. I was tight. So, he hit that thing like a piece of meat. Bing. Tendon comes off, muscle rolls right up. I'm like, I'm like, oh, that hurt. But I didn't realize I'd torn my pec. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I flexed. That thing just kind of puffed up. I went, oh, crap. So we finished the match. And uh, so I go to the dressing room, and one of the guys there, I knew, um, Crusher Khrushchev, he had a torn pec. Never had it repaired. I said, Crusher, did I tear my pec? He said, flex. He said, oh, yeah, you tore it. So you look at me. And I looked at him and I said, I ain't going to look like you. <laughs> so I go to the emergency room, emergency room in Florida, South Carolina. They were working, they had an accident stuff. But all of a sudden, this doctor is taking all these uh, doctors-to-be around, interns, walking around, and they got me back there with somebody who's basically a nurse and stuff like that. And he, she says, doctor, I need your help. So the doctor comes in, she pulls the curtain back, and, He's standing there where these 10 or 12 doctors to be. And he said, what's the problem? He said, he, he hurt his ch chest. I think I tore my pec. He said, huh, little flex. Flex, oh, <laughs> don't move. Come here. <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm sitting there in front of all these people looking at me. He said, sir, would you mind flexing your chest muscle for me? So I flexed it, and he's never like, oh, oh. <laughs> all my eyes went wild. I'm like, 
This, ladies and gentlemen, is a torn pectoralis major. This is what happens when the muscles turn from the shoulder across tear. Thank you. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? <laughs> he says, oh, I suggest you find your doctor back home tonight, the next few days, and have it operated on. They can put it back. He said, yeah, they can put it back. I said, well, let's say you got a week. You got a week. Okay. I'm booked Sunday in Asheville. So this is Florida, South Carolina. It's 180 miles to Asheville. So I got, I know I'm not going to have any money because this is, there's no insurance covering me. I'm going to have to write a check. <laughs> so I've saved my money up. Got it saved up really good. They broke again. <laughs> so I sit there. I get in the car the next morning. My arm is starting to turn dark because the blood is starting to pop up. It's starting to get a little dark. Right. So I drive all the way to Asheville, North Carolina. I get there. I'm going against a guy named Lee. And uh, Lee says, what's up? I said, hey, Lee, whatever you do, don't drop kick me. Because he loved to drop kick. He just loved it because he was a little guy. He wasn't a big guy. So we lock up. And it's like, oh, it's sore as could be. So we lock up. And I shoot him off. And he ducks. And he cross body rides. I mean, that didn't hurt too much. So I get up. And next thing you know, he comes up with a drop kick. I hit the ground. And it's like, oh. It's like it rocks. So I said, I got him in a move, and I, he grabs my arm and twists it. Oh, no, Lee, don't do that. Said, he's, huh? But he's doing things out of habit. You don't, you don't think. You yeah. just do it. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. Finally, I pick him up and slam him. I hold him down. I, I held him down. He said, hey, don't, don't kick out. Don't kick out. <laughs> he didn't kick out. And I got out. I crawled out. I, said, oh, I got in the car. I'm driving home. Well, I got a match Tuesday in Gaffney, South Carolina, against the Rock and Roll Express. So I get there, it is now black, whole arm is black. And I walk around the back, I knock on the door. Hey, look at what's up. Hey, Rick. Hey, Robert. How you doing? So listen, can I do you a favor? I said, I've got y'all on TV. And I got a problem. And they go, oh, crap. What'd you do? I said, I tore my peck. It's tender. It is so tender. I can't stand it. And I see, he says, don't worry. Who are you working with? This other guy. Oh, I don't know who that is. It's a rookie. He'll be in the ring the whole time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, so I get up in the ring, and first thing we did, <laughs> standing there, standing up time. I'm just sweating because it's hurting. I'm like, oh, I can't stand this. So we get in the ring, and I, I, I put my hand on the on the turnbuckle, and they start wrestling. Boom, boom. And they hit the ropes, and I realized the rope jerks a little bit. It's, oh, I'm like, oh, I took my hand off today. <laughs> I said, I'm not doing that no more. I'm holding with the wrong hand, right? And the kid's reaching out to tag me. And I'm like, my arm just got short all of a sudden. I just couldn't quite get it there. Like, yeah. So they kept him there and beat him. So I had to get in the ring. And I said, because the experienced guy always goes first. And then the rookie guy comes in and says, yeah, you go ahead and start. <laughs> so <laughs> they threw him all over the place. And he, he, he thought it was great because he got thrown around all the time. So the bachelor, thank Ricky and him. So Thursday I have surgery and uh, had that thing repaired. Doc said, yeah, we got it fixed. And so I said, and I'll be in. That's shortly thereafter. I go to ask for the $1,500 loan. And uh, I can't loan you no money. So then that's when Dusty came in. I worked my way into refereeing for a year. And that helped me out to learn how to do the business. Because watching these guys, how do they know what to do? They, yeah. communicate, they communicate with their eyes. They don't even conversation. Give me six. You never heard that. I was like, yeah. 
New Orleans, <laughs> El Paso. <laughs> so they do, they do all these things by calling out plays like El Paso or something like that. Yeah, corner two. Yeah, okay, I got my, Rick climbs up. He knows when Rick climbs up, what's going to happen. It's going to be a flip off. If he puts his hand in a certain spot, it's not going to be that. I'm, I'm like, to Ultimate Classic Wrestling. It's the Wormez Chicago Library. Featuring Bob Luce, Monsters of the Mat, Hall of Fame Classics, the Chicago Challenge, and more. Relive all the hits, flips, slams, and pins. June 18th, exclusively on Ultimate Classic Wrestling. Join us if you if you want to see more classic wrestling from the Savoldi Wrestling Library, head on over to the Ultimate Classic Wrestling Network, available now on all major streaming platforms. Available on all streaming platforms. It's professional wrestling's greatest, largest, privately owned wrestling library. All the classic hits, flips, slams, and pins of yesteryear are on one place. It's Ultimate Classic Wrestling. Check out the Nature Boy Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Mr. USA Tony Atlas, Tito Santana, Rick Martel, a who's who of professional wrestling's greatest spotlight stars ever to grace the squared circle all in one place. Grab the best seat in the house for memories and mayhem on Ultimate Classic Wrestling. 